Xbox had a big weekend, Microsoft loves confusing names, and it's back to normal, thankfully. Happy Friday, friends. The camera is a little tilted, apparently. I didn't catch that before I started recording, but you know what? The show must go on because it's a Friday. It's middle of June. It is spicy hot outside. And uh, let's just roll into it because Microsoft did some fun stuff this week. They are back to try it in true classic Microsoft where they take a name, they butcher it, and they make it more confusing because that is that is the Microsoft way. And I love talking about it. So, uh, Microsoft named two things this week that are, one's okay-ish, the other one's just baffling. Uh, so let's just dive into that. Microsoft this week uh, launched Defenders for Individuals for Microsoft 365 Personal and Family Subscribers. If Microsoft doesn't love slapping Defender on names because it's a Defender, it's a security service, um, everything's getting Defender. I'm surprised we don't have Xbox Defender at this point, but either way, this is a security dashboard to help you kind of keep tabs on everything you, you do. It's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not doubting, like, what Microsoft is doing, but Microsoft Defender for individuals for Microsoft 365 personal and family subscribers is just a mouthful. But either way, uh, that is now rolling out. The more confusing name that Microsoft announced this week is Microsoft Viva Sales. Now, you might have said, Brad, I've heard the name Viva before. That's like an HR, Qualtrics, uh, interpersonal analytics thing inside a company, and you would be right, my friend. Uh, but Viva Sales, not related in any meaningful way to Viva, the platform that you get from Microsoft every single morning if you have that enabled, which is really annoying. But either way, uh, Microsoft Viva Sales is not a Viva module, actually. It's a Viva sales component it's a, it, that connects to any sales CRM platform as long as it's whatever one of the major ones and then can be integrated into your teams so uh while you're getting your viva health dashboards from your inter interpersonal interwork stuff you'll also be getting viva sales insights uh but they are totally not related <laughs> because why would you keep viva for one thing and then a sales for another thing but either way uh here we are so, either way, uh, Internet Explorer 11, officially donezo, gonzo, outso, out the door. Not really, though. Uh, so, Microsoft said on June 15th, Internet Explorer officially set sail, and we're done with it. But it's not fully true. First off, they're rolling out how they're sunsetting it. So, it's not everybody is just suddenly not having access to Internet Explorer. Also, more importantly for a lot of people, MS HTML will remain inside of Windows 11 until at least 2029. Now, that's the back-end engine that is kind of woven into uh, basically Windows at this point, and developers use it. So the, the front-end is certainly gone. Uh, you shouldn't be using that. It, it's being deprecated. You should be using Edge and IE mode, if that's not confusing enough. But that is how Microsoft expects you to use it. So there you go. Uh, Edge uh, is the future. Internet Explorer is the past. And... I know we all kind of saw this coming. Uh, Microsoft also released the first ARM 64 build of Visual Studio. Microsoft actually has released a couple things on ARM uh, lately. We've seen the ARM native store, and now we have the ARM native version of Visual Studio, at least the first build of it. So they're very slow. I mean, it's taken 10 plus years uh, for this to happen. Microsoft is very slowly continuing its commitment to ARM. And so if you have an ARM device, you in theory can do this. I will tell you that I did try to throw it on my Pro X and it, it's, it takes things a long time. Um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't make an ARM your primary machine just quite yet if you're planning on to do some development. Uh, Microsoft has also started testing some casual games inside of Teams. This is some more to like pass the time, just kind of like a team camaraderie. I'm not expecting this to turn into a game streaming platform by any means, but they are testing that out. I've heard from a couple different people now. 
Uh, Windows 11 also file explorer tabs. It's happening, my friends. Uh, it's happening in all, well, the beta channel and the dev channel. So the, the confusing part here is it sounds like this is coming in 22H2. The, the frustrating and challenging part of Windows at this point is understanding like what is the release cadence. We don't really know. Microsoft just sort of shoots things out into the world when they're ready and when they feel like it. There's no like, there's, there's no, I don't know anybody who can sit down and rationally say, here's the exact pattern that Microsoft releases Windows 11 updates and how they update and service the OS because there's about a million different ways that can happen now. So you kind of just like wake up and just roll with it, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, if you're an enterprise and you're trying to develop and, and plan for these sort of things, good luck because it's, woof, it's good luck. Um, speaking of Windows 11, Microsoft has released the ISO files for build 25140 to the dev channel. I know some people really love doing dev installs with uh, ISOs. And so if that's you, you now have a new starting point. And then finally, on the tech news side, Microsoft is, I'm going to butcher this name. Microsoft has acquired Miburo. That's probably Miburo, we'll call it, uh, to combat security threats. This is a company that specializes in, in assessing threats that originate from rogue foreign nations and international state-sponsored groups. So the big guys. So the big guys who have a basically an unlimited budget to attack and hack your network. Uh, that's what this company specializes in. So uh, on to the gaming news, my friends. Because last weekend, depending on when you're listening to this, Microsoft had its its Bethesda Xbox showcase, and while I, I held off doing a little bit of a like a I don't know a decompression of it because I wanted to see kind of how it floated out. My personal opinion was it was fantastic. Um, I think Microsoft did a good job. They did minimum talking heads. They did maximum amount of gameplay being showed off. They also showed off gameplay that was only going to be available as long as everybody hits their deadlines within the next 12 months. And they didn't go all CGI. This is pre-rendered content. Like this is a lot of it was or I should say most of it was just gameplay. Just Actually, was it all just gameplay? Like actual gameplay? I can't even actually remember like any CGI trailers. I'm sure there's some in there somewhere. Um, but Microsoft said, hey, look, this is all like the real deal stuff. And they just kind of just rolled through games. They, they, did get, they, they still don't use the announcer like world premiere guy. I wish they'd bring him back. But um, maybe he and Clippy can go get a drink at the local bar or something since they've both been retired. Although Clippy sort of like memes around now, if you will. Either way, uh, Showcase was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I, like many other people, my highlights were very clearly Starfield. It looks fantastic. I, the 1,000 planets procedural generated stuff makes me a little nervous just because I it, sometimes procedural generated stuff isn't always the best, but either way, it, it looks expansive. I mean, you, you've got space combat, you've got ground combat, you've got ship design, you've got a thousand planets. Uh, it, it looks it looks like a big universe of playing, which sounds, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. That's only, we'll move on. Uh, Redfall looked pretty good too. It's not always my type of game, but at least they're showing it off. And so it looks pretty good for the people who like that type of a genre. Uh, Diablo looked solid. I did get a chuckle out of the fact that they say, hey, look, crossplay is enabled between Xbox and PC, which is great because that means your friends on PC can carry you if you're trying to play this on an Xbox. I shouldn't, you shouldn't troll on it like that. Maybe the, the Xbox experience might be just fine, but typically like this sort of titles and like top-down stuff has worked better keyboard and mouse. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. It looked fantastic, though. It, it really does. One of the big takeaways was, and this wasn't necessarily the fault of Microsoft, is there's the big, massive rumors around 007, and it was a no-show, my friends. And then Sarah Bond even, like, tweeted out a picture of, like, her favorite game was 007 Bond and whatever. That might have been just coincidence. Uh, there is a Bond uh, sort of, like, documentary coming out here, I think, later this month, end of June. 
Maybe that's where it gets announced. Remember, we saw the Xbox achievement show up. That's really what kicked off this rumor. And so a lot of people, myself included, were hoping that we were going to see some news about this. We saw nothing. And so maybe that was probably the biggest disappointment. Um, the other sort of not, unless I missed it, there wasn't a ton of Halo news. Now, there was Halo news like, and I, I've done some of this, um, you, can, you can get a vehicle in... Uh, Flight Simulator, there's, what was it, the Fall Guy stuff, there was some other, like, a crossover Halo stuff, but there wasn't any, like, actual core Halo information, and I was kind of hoping that we were going to see some, maybe, like, Season 3, that's what we're at, yeah, Season 3, uh, this Fall stuff, but really, it was really kind of like, it wasn't a big Halo, or much of Halo anything, so... I don't know, take that as you will, I was hoping we would actually see something that would, like, really drive a ton of interest into Halo... But here we are. Uh, and then the last thing which happened in the, the, not the original stream, but then they had like an after show, but the next day that had more deep dives and everything else is Valheim is coming to Xbox Game Pass, on, I believe on day one, which that should make a lot of people excited, myself included, as I have not played it, but I know that it is massively popular on the PC and it looks quite fun. And so uh, here we are talking about Valheim coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. That was a nice little news event. So... Uh, on to the questions of the week. We got a handful into the hopper. We got Hastening coming in and says, have you messed with the Steam Deck at all? I just got one and the compatibility with Proton to run current and past window games and applications is extremely impressive. Today's, today's games run pretty much run good and legacy games from the 90s run great. Um, I have not personally done this yet. I haven't got my hands on a Steam Deck yet. But this is sort of like where it falls into, like, if Microsoft was going to build an Xbox handheld, how different would it be than a Steam Deck? Now, I could you could maybe make some different things, but I think Steam Deck is a unique piece of hardware. I don't think it's a mass volume type device like the Switch. It's very much a specific target demographic PC gamers who want mobile PC gaming. Um, but I think it's a neat device. I'm happy Steam has made it, and I'm happy that it exists. I don't know that it's personally yet for me so but everybody who's used one seems pretty impressed with it and it's it seems like they've done a good job uh migi says help me to understand why some companies continue to use internet explorer and why it took so long to kill it definitively well the reason why my friend is there's things like intranet portals and there's applications that rely on that mshtml or just use the internet explorer front end to access the application and these are old legacy applications and it's very much imagine if you're an enterprise and you you have integrated internet explorer into your product product and it works just fine you there's no need to update it and then microsoft comes and says hey look if you don't do this it's gonna stop working uh and you're sitting there thinking like gosh it's gonna cost us 15 million dollars to rebuild this application and we will see no tangible benefit from doing it. it's just overhead that is why because if the app works and it's not broken don't fix it especially a lot of like inventory apps old cmr type apps you just relied on this, and there was no justification. It worked fine. You might say, yeah, you'll get better performance, but okay, is it worth spending millions of dollars to get a 5% performance improvement or to change the UI? Because more than likely what actually happens is you can't just, the developers who built the original application using MSHTML or, or Internet Explorer are long gone, or just the, the knowledge of how it was built is probably scattered and just not great. So it's not so much just like, hey, we'll just update it to use Edge. That's just so easy. It's more so like, okay, who's going to do this? If we're going to do this, shouldn't we just at least start adding features and think about re-architecting and rebuilding the application? And it just spirals out, and all of a sudden you're spending tens of millions of dollars to do this, and it's just not a company priority. That's kind of why. So, 
Mr. PKI coming in with two questions this week. He says, it seems that the in-person conferences are starting to return for many companies. This is true. We've seen quite a few happening lately, but Microsoft is still mostly virtual. Do you think they're becoming being more effective with the recorded streaming or should they have in-person conferences again? So here's what kind of the, I think, I think we might see some in-person at Ignite this year. I'll just I'll put that out there. I don't think it's going to be as big as previous Ignite conference. And now Microsoft Ignite happens in like the fall timeline, you know, September, October-ish, sometime around there. Uh, but yes, that is, uh, I think we might see some in-person event. At least that's what kind of rumors on the tea leaves are, are, are telling me is that that might be one of the first ones back in uh, back in person. Now, the, are they more effective when they're virtual? Well, the one thing that is true is that they can reach more people when they're virtual. But I will tell you that the in-person stuff, there's a lot, there's a lot to in-person stuff. And uh, yeah. And then Mr. PKI says, curious on your thoughts on why Halo Infinite, oh, he picked up on this too. Halo Infinite was not mentioned at all with the Xbox game uh, showcase. Uh, that, that's, it's, I want Halo to succeed. I want it to be awesome. I want it to be like Destiny, but I don't, it's got a long way to go. And Microsoft has to dump a lot more money into it to really, really get it there. Season three is our next hope for really anything meaningful, but we're just going to have to kind of sit and wait. We're stuck with season two in a dry summer, um, is it? I mean, if you really want some Halo Infinite stuff, fire flight sim, and uh, there's one of your best shots at getting some new Halo content, to be honest. And you can just kind of putz around on those things, which is fun. So uh, either way, my friends, uh, I was on vacation last week, uh, and so it was great. We had good weather. Happy to be back home. Happy to kind of get back into a routine, if you will, because routines what make me tick at the end of the day. And uh, summer, summer throws that for a little bit of a wrench because you got like the kid off to camp. You got just juggled schedules. But either way, uh, life is back to normal for me for I think a while now. I don't have any vacations lined up for the rest of the summer. So uh, hopefully you have a wonderful week. I always enjoy hanging out with you and myself talking to a camera. But uh, your feedback is always lovely. And uh, hopefully you had a wonderful week. Have a great weekend. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.